What up, Grand Slam faithful? We're back with a brand new episode of the Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast. I am taking the lead chair today because Tyler's voice needs a little bit of rest, but don't you worry. He's still on the show, ready to give us a beautiful jam-packed episode. I got all, th- all the boys are back. Nick's back. Tyler's here. Brandon's here. Brandon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. You know, uh, got to watch the Celtics last week, square off against the Miami Heat. And I'm, I'm officially on the bandwagon now. I'm going to ride them to hopefully banner 18. So let's go. Yeah. Yes. I was a little skeptical that they would uh, lock up game seven, but I'm super, super excited. Speaking of excited, I am excited to have Nick Frazier back. What's going on, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. It's recovering from uh, getting the vid last week. Uh, whole mm. family did. Uh, like you guys, I'm excited for the season, man. Uh, I haven't watched too much of them this year. It's because uh, I don't have cable anymore. But I've always been a diehard Celtics fan. So I'm pumped to see him that, the last five minutes of that uh, game, uh, seven, though. I was not feeling that. That was just ugly basketball. But they made it, so I'm happy about it. Very, very happy. Speaking of happy, Tyler, what's up, brother? What's up, guys? Yeah, brought up the Celtics. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, going to the Bay Area, taking on the Warriors. I'm excited for the series to start. It's going to be some late nights coming up. You know, those games start at like 9 o'clock, some of them, but – Hey, I am willing to stay up late and uh, watch the Celtics do their thing. And uh, it's finally June, guys. June 1st is today, so heading towards the dog days of summers in the MLB. And I'm excited and ready to go tonight. Absolutely. Like I said, we got a jam-packed episode. Uh, so we got all our favorite segments on tap, plus something else we're going to bring. But before we dive in, Brandon, why don't you break off our listeners with some news and notes? Yeah, it's not as long as it was last week, but um, start off with Evan Longoria. He uh, exited Tuesday's night with a shoulder injury. Um, they don't believe it's that bad. They said he could be available off the bench today. Gene Segura is expected to miss 10 to 12 weeks with a finger sprain. Uh, Yoan Mankata's out Wednesday again. He's on the bench with a quad injury, yet to return. He's been out for almost a week. Uh, we've talked about this before when teams just don't put the guys on the IL. Just, it's like so frustrating. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. is sitting again Wednesday. Uh, oh, actually, this might be the first night he's sitting. That's with minor soreness. Um, do you know what that is? What he's dealing with? Is that like I'm a not hamstring sure. or a quad? It's, it's I a, I, it. it happened after legging or trying to leg out an extra base. So I would imagine it's a lower body thing. He he's been since his return, beginning of the season. He's in and out of the lineup. Yeah, it's the it's last rough. three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has not been a good start for Acuna, but what are you going to do with him? He's a super stud. And we talked about the frustrations last week about teams, you know, waiting and dragging their feet, putting guys on the IL, so you kind of just have to bench them. It's not good to see your possible first or second-round pick on the bench getting you nothing. The uh, Miami Mar- Miami Marlins placed infield and outfield Brian Anderson, and also they placed Joey Wendell as well. They uh, placed them both on the 10-day 10, 10 injured list. Anderson was retroactive to May 28th with back spasms, and Wendell was retroactive to May 31st, and that was with a hamstring injury. Nolan Gorman remains out of the Cardinals lineup. Um, that was the back injury versus the Padres. That dude was on fire. 
So that's kind of, that stinks. And Wander Franco told reporters that he expects to be ready in about two weeks. That's a quad injury for him. That's all the injuries I have right now. You know, I am squaring off against a team in Golden Pony who has Wander Franco. So just come back in seven days. I'm, I'm cool with that. Well, those are the news and notes. Now let's go into the uh, our you know our first segment of every show, the biggest takeaways from the previous week. Tyler, what is your biggest takeaway? Yeah, so my biggest takeaway over the past week uh, with fantasy baseball has been pitcher streamers. Uh, I've just noticed, you know, this past week in general, it's probably been the toughest week for me as a manager trying to find guys to stream. Uh, we're, we're in more of a, of a deeper league, the golden pony. It's a 14 team league and um, you know, looking for guys out there. I think it's a combination of what we've been talking about in the past few weeks of this podcast, where the offense has been up in general over the league, over the league. And uh, the uh, fact that there's a, a lot more pitcher injuries popping up. So a lot of guys from like triple are getting called up right now. And, you know, you combine that with uh, some teams and their bats getting hot. It, it's really hard to, to find somebody that you're going to count on to give you a reliable start because some of these guys are putting up some, some unimpressive performances. So I think right now, you know, up to this point, I thought I've been doing okay at streaming pitching, but it's, it's very hard to find guys out there right now. Not to mention a lot of other teams are keeping guys on their team now for those pitchers who have been performing well. So it's just find a guy hard to find guys. Tyler, would you re- recommend to, to our listeners, if you get a streamer, you know, quote unquote streamer and he pitches well, do you recommend just holding at that point, given the tough landscape right now? It It's a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least with me. Now, if I'm like playing from behind, I, I might try to drop the guy and pick up another guy right away just to try to get as many, points as I can using my, uh, you know, ads and drops. Mm. And also it depends on the next, the pitcher's next start. Um, for example, you know, if you pick up a guy who's going up against a team like uh, the Reds or, you know, even though they've been playing better, but one of, one of these bottom offenses and their next start is, you know, a tough one at the Rockies. You don't really want to keep the guy for that game. So it depends. For sure. Anything you like to add, Brandon? I was just going to say, I feel like every year as the season goes on, it gets kind of like um, you have to aim for more three or four days in advance. I'm looking for the perfect Mm. matchup guy. So you can't stream like every day. You can't like pick up and add pitchers every day because the guys you're adding and dropping are literally the bottom of the barrel guys you don't want. So my recommendation to that would be look ahead, try getting guys three or four days in advance, look for matchups. You know, it's like those bottom of the rotation guys, flexins and. (laughs) You know, I've actually been resorting to is picking up guys on Monday and Tuesday in the hopes that I just pick up a two-star streamer as opposed to being in and out of the waiver wire. Nick, anything you want to add about streaming? How you been doing with it? Any any tips you got? I've, well, I've been uh, picking spots with streaming in the past. I've been a little aggressive. I'll just pick up and drop guys. I usually try to keep a spot open for the stream at least one. And um, uh, for the most part, I've actually done pretty good. I've been kind of patient. I mean, the landscape has sort of um, 
been okay to pick up uh, guys for me, but I, I'm not going too crazy with it, and it seems to be working out. I haven't been blown up as much as I have in the past, so um, yeah. I, I I kind of agree with Tyler that it's uh, shorting, it's kind of drying up out there in recent weeks, especially with often picking up. Brandon, what is your biggest takeaway from last week? Well, it's kind of a, a 2022 take, kind of, but I just kind of, it was actually last night, um, the Mariners put up 10 runs against the Baltimore Orioles, and they did that without hitting a home run. <clears throat> and if you look at 2021, Camden Yards was the best park for home runs, according to Baseball Savant's uh, park factor. They also had the most home runs total hit there, was 277. That was first in baseball. Right now, they're 25th. Well, home runs at Camden Yards, is there. that park is 25th for home runs, only 35 so far. And the Baseball Savant Park Factor, they're actually 30th. They're last mm. for home runs. So, I mean, you move the wall, they change the balls a little bit, <laughs> and all of a sudden that park is like, it's just a hole. You don't want to play there. It's like, I hey. Mean, for hitting, hitting purposes, I guess pitchers would probably love it, but. We get like 35 fans. Let's let's reduce that number to 12. And if we're talking about streaming, home runs. Pitchers against Baltimore in Baltimore, maybe even like Lyles, those kind of guys. I'm not sure how much he's owned right now, but maybe those guys are streamers when they're pitching at home. For sure. Tyler, you you brought something up a few weeks about Camden Yards, right? About Camden Yards? What yeah, about that? the pitchers, about they were having obviously more success with the insane left field. Yeah. Yeah, like you just said, guys like Lyles and maybe Kyle Bradish, if they're pitching at home, uh, you – I'd rather stream them like this year compared to last year for sure. But that backed up left field wall. Um, just looking at some of their, their better hitters. Mancini only has three home runs this season. That's kind of low for him. Mount castle has six. He, he usually pops about 25 to 30. That's a little low. I think Santander is their number one home run hitter this year with nine. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how many of those have come at Camden yards. I yeah, feel right. like he had a stretch on the road recently where he was hitting a bunch out. So yeah, that's definitely played into uh fantasy uh, during the season, whether it be offensive players in the Orioles or their pitching staff, for sure. Yeah, it's weird. They they took a ballpark that was great for home runs and totally flipped it on its head. So I guess that's just something we'll monitor all year and then plan accordingly, uh, 2023 and beyond. Well, so One more guy, too, Gleyber Torres, can no, can no longer hit his, <laughs> can no longer hit his uh, 13 home runs or whatever that yeah. he had there uh, two seasons ago. Well, he had like 35 and like 34% of them were front, were in Camden Yards. Against, I think well, it was 38. Anyway. I think he had yeah. 38 home runs, and 13 of them came at Camden right. Yards. Yeah. And this year, he's actually impacting the ball well, as yeah. opposed to in past years. He was just doing it well in Camden Yards. He must have been flexed, like, oh, I'm going to launch. Oh, he's turned it, he's and, turned it off for sure right now. Yeah, but just Camden Yards. He would have, imagine how many home runs he'd have in Camden Yards now with his improved play, to, yeah, no his improved, improved play, uh, uh, batted ball data and stuff. Yeah, Camden Yards. Kind of weird. I'm not. I'm not a bit, I don't know if I like it. Well, I guess we'll have to come back to this and uh, talk about it before next season kicks off. My biggest takeaway from last week is, uh, well, I'll just come out right out and say it. Tommy Pham would slap the living bejesus out of me if we played in any fantasy league together. Because if you're if you're unaware, he approached Jock Peterson after a fantasy football dispute. Shout out Jeff Wilson, and slapped him because of it. And the reason that it came out was uh, basically stashing players on on your IR 
And that's something I do in every single league I'm in. Well, what's I'm always that? I, I still have nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. If it's in the rules, apparently now he's coming at Mike Trout's neck about being the commissioner. I mean, <laughs> Tommy Pham is out for anybody, him to do. anybody who doesn't know, Maddie Kiwoom is the, the commissioner extraordinaire. I mean, I he runs the, all the Golden Pony Leagues. He, he, he's a great commissioner. I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. We, if, if you're new to the show, we record so here you, in Massachusetts. Do you think he'd smack you in the face as a player or as commissioner? This was going to be my next point. All right. We all record here in Massachusetts. The Cincinnati Reds are in Boston. I'm locking my doors at night. I'm afraid he's going to show up to just kick the living crap out of me for everything, for being a commissioner, for having a max amount of guys on my IL in which none of them previously played. I just added them. I'm stashing them. I make trades last minute, and I'm always trying to just grind it out. And it sounds like Tommy Pham is not a fan of that type of fantasy game. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I like Tommy Pham. I actually roster him in Golden Pony. I'm excited for his potential going forward. But he keeps getting scratched with a, a strained calf, and I'm afraid it's an excuse just to get a head start to come down and cushion it and, and basically pummel me. But I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that whole situation? I think he's a baby. It sounds like he's a baby. Don't I mean? I, I don't mean, I understand. Like I know he's saying money. I'm sure they play for a, a ridiculous amount of money, but but it's all G's. scaled. Yeah, it's scaled exactly. It's all it's scaled. scaled. It's not. I mean, so, it's it's whatever a hundred dollars to them is. And they, they're there's nobody in our league who's going to slap somebody in the face over anything in fantasy. So I mean, it's come close. <laughs> I think it's come close to Golden Pony. We had some <laughs> some high tension collusion. We've had Stuff we've had down. <laughs> we've had to put together task forces to to end some of the shenanigans in our league. So, you know, it isn't we're not exclusive to that. But uh, yeah, that, that was my biggest takeaway. It was as much as I want to be a, a you know befriend Tommy Fam in this fictional game we play, but I feel like if he if he played in a league with me, whew, I'd have to wear a mask around the man. Yeah, the the whole thing's <laughs> bizarre. Uh, I also saw. Uh, something that happened like in the group chat of that fantasy league where he posted a gif where like a couple body lifters in the San Diego, San Diego Padres one like fell down as like a little joke. Yeah. Like, it's not even like a serious joke. And like Tommy Pham actually got mad about it and, yeah. and like confronted him and like, and Jock Peterson literally had to like, apologize and say, I'm sorry. I was kidding. Cause Tommy fan said, you don't know me like that or something. Like that. I don't know. It was kind of like, really dude. Like I, they were probably all with each other. Like who invited Tommy fam into the fantasy league? Like, and then <laughs> yeah, this, right. This it's happened afterwards. Do you, get, do you guys like, think Tommy fam is like the party pooper? Yeah, oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like he shows up to a party. He just makes everything all awkward. Tries to be like the tough guy. He said all the, 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 everybody's the, all just, the, all the phrases that everyone hates. This is about money. You don't know who, but you don't know who I am. All this stuff. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to hang out this fellow. Been on five? It's been a lot. I mean, it, it was the hyper- Cardinals, the Rays, the Reds, the Padres. That's four. And I think there was another stop in there, I want to say. Either way, it does seem well, like he wears out his welcome. Exactly. Yeah, Again, but, you kind of see when you're on that many squads. And he's a good player. So, yeah. Did, one more thing yeah. on, and we'll move on. Did you hear what he said, too, when he w- was uh, on the Reds this year? He said, he, I'm only here to, to make my money. And like not make friends or teammates. Uh, it seems like the guy is just like no one want. Like I don't know. It seems like someone I would not want on on my team as a major. I wouldn't league. want on my team. And yeah. he's he's definitely tough, wasn't he? Like stabbed in the off season too. Yeah, he does an altercation, and then he right. also challenged Luke Voigt to a Kempo Karate 
Oh, I don't know what it was. Man. Oh my god! He wanted god. him to go to his gym in San Diego and like it just keeps know. it keep. I keep Legit, learning. Like, you just like, keep peeling back the pedals on this guy. That one, have I, don't, a, I don't mind. Have a jujitsu <laughs> match with him like that because he concussed. At least that's like a in. fight like, in Cobra, a... Cobra Kai. Yeah, he wanted a Cobra Kai like. That's legit a different than walking up style rock fight him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if you At guys saw the video, he them. slapped him. This was not like a shove that he was yeah. like, he yeah. both smithed him. Yeah. yeah, yeah right yeah. down the outfield. Oh, Before, that's where you got the idea for. That's where you got the idea. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't follow yeah. it up with keep my well, fantasy uh, team uh, out. <laughs> well, apparently, out. um, apparently he did tell Jock that he was going to slap the bleep out of him, like oh, when it initially happened. Uh, so, so he's like, don't think I forgot. I think the line was, don't think I forgot about that or whatever. Fantastic. And he went and slapped Jock Peterson because he said he would. So it's a man so, of his word. From it now is. on, we will refer to Tommy Fam as Tommy Foot Fist Way Fam. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 just, I guess that's what we'll do. I wish I had just, a sleeper. I could make his just, name on my team. <laughs> we should just call him Famburger Helper. Famburger you know, like Helper. The, the glove. Yeah, well. I the mean, Hamburger I wish, Helper gloves. Like I said, if you're listening, Tommy Fam, and I know you are, don't don't come for don't come for my face. I don't want to get slapped. All right. Well, we hit our we hit you with our takeaways. Now we got a new segment we're gonna drop. The hello goodbye. And we're not talking about the pop punk band from the early 2000s. We're gonna talk about one player worth adding and one player worth dropping. So why don't we go get it started with the player to add? Brandon, who is your ad? I'm going with Evan Longoria. Uh, he just came back from injury a couple weeks ago. He's been hitting the ball pretty hard so far. He's got a 25.7% barrel rate, a 51.4% hard hit rate. Um, the barrel rates, is, it's really above, like high above his career average. Last year, though, in 81 games, he had a 13% barrel rate, so which is still really good. He was on pace for like 26 home runs last year. Seems he- well, can't really say he seems healthy at this point. He came out yesterday with a shoulder injury, but, um, you know, hopefully he'll be back. It's, hopefully it's a minor injury like they think it is. Um, like I said, he's hitting the ball hard. His K, his K percent is a little high, but I think he'll probably bring that down to you know twenty four percent around where he was last year. As long as he's healthy, I think Longoria's a pretty good. He'd be a good add at third base. So yeah, it's Evan Longoria. Big Longo, the vet. Anyone? What? What is, what is it? Did he? Uh, is it like a long term shoulder thing? Do they think he'll be back this week? Are they gonna rest they, him for a few days? Yeah, they specifically well. They took him out yesterday. They said it was uh, stiffness, I think, and mm-hmm. that he could be available off the bench tonight. So okay, so that's not bad. It it's like it would bad. be a but, but you know, it's a shoulder injury on a thirty what thirty six year old over however old. Yeah, like it could right. turn into a long term injury. Yeah, you don't want to see that. All right, Tyler, who is the player you're advising team builders should go ahead and add? Sure. Uh, real quick on Longoria, though, I have health concerns about him. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. If you're in like a weekly league where you pick up guys and you can't make any more moves till the end of the week, I'd, I'd be careful with adding Longoria. But if you have a, enough ad drops uh, spots in your squad, then go for it. Like, he's productive when he's healthy. But since he's been in his 30s, this guy, I think he's probably missed more games than he's played. Um, my ad, I'm more, my hello. Is that where we're going with this? Hello. Hello, hello and goodbye. Hello. All right. I'm going to go with Clay Holmes. Um now, I know he's already rostered in 70% of ESPN leagues, but that should be like 99%. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's my ad. The 30% of leagues out there that none, no one owns Clay Holmes, someone pick him up because uh, 
he's the guy that to own right now. You know, the only other closer I think I'd rather have over him at this point is like Josh Hader. Uh, I know Roldis Chapman's had that role, but he's out right now with an Achilles injury. Roldis Chapman's still at 90% owned. So there's like 20% difference between Roldis Chapman and, and Clay Holmes. And I think Clay Holmes is going to end up being the closer for the rest of the season on the Yankees. Said it. <clears throat> 98th percentile barrel percentage, 89th percentile whiff percentage, 26 to 2 K per walk ratio. He's only allowed one earned run all season. Chapman's already said he's okay with coming back and being in whatever role the team needs him to be in as long as they're winning. So that is my ad. Everyone needs to add him. Every league, I should say. If he's available, then scoop him up. Yeah, you're 100%. right there he definitely needs to get that roster percentage up he's i think he's got the job all year there were reports immediately after chapman hit the il that if he pitches well in his absence he's going to keep being the closer the team's winning they're winning a whole they're winning a ton of games yeah clay holmes is uh a quite nasty and should be added everywhere that he's available brandon nick jump in if you have there, there were reports before the season that role as chapman might not hold the closer role all year just based mm-hmm. off all the trouble he's yeah. had in, in seasons prior. So now the way Holmes has pitched this year, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be the closer. Yeah, he's been. Yeah, no, I completely agree with Tyler. As long as Chapman's out too, uh, Holmes should be, like he said, 99% owned. He should be owned. It's hard to find saves. I would drop Chapman right now to pick up Clay Holmes. Yes. Yes. I would make that yeah. easy. I mean, easy. Pretty much, pretty much whatever you expected Chapman to be. Clay Holmes, you could just swap Clay Holmes for what you thought that would be and then multiply it by, like, I don't know, a better version, I guess. That's that's how I feel about him. I think Chapman's kind of been losing it the past couple of years. So I think Clay Holmes is, you know, going to be the guy from here on out. So Yeah, Chapman's been a volume you know, relief pitcher in fantasy where like his yeah. peripherals, his ratios aren't great, but they just would keep putting him out there for saves and, and, and get those innings up. So yeah, if they're going to do that with Holmes, the way he's pitching, you know, he's got a, a 16% swinging strike rate, which is, you know, elite. It's just, it's, he should be a roster basically every single place. Nick, why don't you go ahead and join the fun? Give the people listening your ad, your hello, I should say. Hello. My- hello. Uh, my hello is going to be, uh, Nico Horner for the Chicago Cubs. Um, <laughs> well, what are you laughing at over there? So, just laugh. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so when I saw that Nico Horner was your ad last, I believe last season, if my memory serves correctly, Nico Horner was your ad last year on the show. And then you did <laughs> a money in the bank for Nico Horner where he would get like five home runs in a weekend series so Nick, I just have to ask, like, do you you love Nico Horner, don't you? <laughs> no, no, I don't love him. I don't, I don't love him. And it, it was only like two home runs over the weekend. There's two guys every episode. Nick loves Josh Rojas and Nico Horner. <laughs> I, you had me at hello. <laughs> you had me. At you get. You get it. <laughs> guys, go out. Add Josh Rojas right now. He's on <laughs> every one of my teams, but you just go out there, you add him. No, um, all joking aside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he he's he's been good. He's uh, he's getting all the playing. He's getting some playing time in Chicago. He, he's kind of dealt with injuries, but he's had a few multi-hit games over the past week. Um, 
He's always going to bat for average. He, he, he's kind of red hot in some categories on his uh, stats page. He doesn't uh, swing and miss a lot. Um, he doesn't strike out a lot. He's always making contact. He, he's 96 percentile in batting average. And although he doesn't necessarily have the power, he does get a lot of stolen bases. So, um, you know, Cubs have holes in their lineup. They're kind of trotting out some young guys uh, out there throughout the season. But as of right now, he has an everyday role. And um, he's only 7% owned, so he's widely available. I just think in a points league, he's he, he's a solid uh, play. He's a solid get. So, yeah, he's I don't down. Know he's if any, you have league. anything to say on him. He's a points league ad because he doesn't strike out. He, and even his 2.4 walk rate, that's, you know, 4% lowest projection. So if that number ticks up, he's getting on base at a good at a good clip. And even in Roto Leagues, he's got five stolen bags, and everyone knows they are thirsty for some SBs. So Nico Horner is definitely a good ad. Tyler, Brandon, anything you want to add on the Chicago Cub infielder? Yeah. Um, Nick, I was just joking at the beginning. But I do like his uh, 13 <laughs> – 13.7 K rate. You guys have both talked about it. So yeah, he's points leagues. That's what you want. Guys not striking out. And if that, like you said, Matt, if it's walk rate, I noticed his walk rates a little low. Mm. If you can pick that up at all, get more on base then then yeah, I like the ad. And Tyler, watch out. You keep, you keep coming at Nick. It's on site. He's going <laughs> to slap you. Just don't <laughs> drag me into it after. Like they dragged him like trout. Any last Mike minute Trout's just like, hey, man, I, I didn't want any of this. <laughs> He's like, we're in the middle of a six-game losing streak. Can you please not bombard <laughs> me in questions about two guys in my fantasy football league I stopped checking? <laughs> Brandon, anything for, on Nico before we move on? Yeah, you should definitely add uh, Josh Rojas. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I like Nico, too. Oh, definitely, definitely. So my hello is um, Tyron Taylor. Uh, he was kind of a super deep sleeper for some in the community in the offseason. And now with Hunter Renfro on the shelf, he's getting every day at bats. Um, he's about 10% rostered. So in 12 to 14 teamers or in five outfielder formats, you know, you got to go get this guy. Over his last 53 plate appearances, he's batting 333. He's got a 375 isolated power and a 457 Woba. And on the year now, he's got six dingers, 38 runs plus RBIs, and 115 WRC plus. So he's an above average player. And if you want to take a second and dive into his production profile, that 8.9% barrel rate, 43.6% hard hit rate, and 247 BABIP are all pretty positive. He also has a positive regression percentage. When you mix all that up, you know, you, you make a little cauldron, a little stew of all those metrics. They combine to support his current production. So what he's doing is not smoke and mirrors. And I think he's just a great addition for anyone who needs outfielder help. So Tyron Taylor, if you need him, get him because he's widely available. Let's go around the table here. Brandon, anything about Tyron Taylor? He's on your roster, so you might know a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah, I've been tweeting about him quite a bit. He's been on fire lately. Uh, like you said, it was first when Adamus went out. They kind of shuffled guys around. They moved uh, Urias to shortstop, and then they started playing Tyron Taylor in center field. And ever since then, he's been he's been hitting the baseball. Um, the thing I like about him the most, though, just to make it quick, against left-handed pitchers, they bat him third and fourth in the lineup. So he's yes. batting at the top half of the lineup every time against left-handed pitching. When it's righties, he's usually fifth and sixth. So, I mean, he's right in the heart of the Brewers lineup. It's a pretty good lineup. Good park to hit in, too. 
For sure. And you love that switch because now he's going to score a little bit of runs. He's at the top of the lineup. He's going to drive in a little bit of runs. He's in the thick of it. So that's just another uh, cherry on top. Tyler, anything you want to add? Yeah, I'm not debating he's been producing. My only concern is you mentioned Hunter Renfro, and he's supposed to be back Friday. So in two days, uh, Renfro, I guess he said he's feeling 90% last I checked, and they should be good to go when he's first eligible this weekend. Um, what's that going to do with the outfield? Now, if Tyrone Taylor can find himself playing more more often than not, it's I think what it comes down to is you got Renfro, Yelich, and then uh, Kane and McCutcheon are the other two outfielders. So are those two guys going to sit more in favor to play Tyrone Taylor? That's the that's the question. Well, I don't know. Kane, we'll see. Taylor plays more than Kane already. Yeah. I'm not worried about Kane. But, no, you're right. You're right, though, because it will be kind of a – Log jam, a little jam there for Taylor for sure. Yeah, I would, you know, it's because you have the luxury of kind of time here. I would definitely sit before you drop them just because, I mean, between McCutcheon, Yelich, and Kane, those are, you know, some guys getting up there in age. So you can see it back. And also, you know, with Renfro coming back, it is a hammy. Soft tissues can spark back up. And like Brandon was saying, you know, they are trying to get him in the lineup. It's t- it's hard for me to truly believe that a guy that you're willing to bet third against lefties, you're just going to completely sit. So, you know, Tyler brings up a great point that if this is a trend that becomes more and more significant over a week span, two weeks, that's when you want to, you know, maybe get a little bit more nervous. But Tyron Taylor, he's doing good right now. Nick, anything you'd like to add on the outfielder from Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, I, I like what I'm seeing. I don't see him losing any playing time until – he gets cold and right now he's at least for right now he's on a hot streak and you know i like to ride that wave he's worth an ad there's plenty of guys who can uh cut or drop to take pick up the upside of tyrone right now and kind of cash in on the points or stat counting stats he's grabbing you in categories so yeah i'm all in for adding him well they you know the you're not the Johnny Tsunami of fantasy baseball for no reason, because we all know you ride them waves, baby. <laughs> That's a deep pull for all you old men out there, that, or you know, old people out there that love no. Disney movies. Disney original. Disney original. <laughs> all right, so we have we all gave our we all gave our hellos, our greetings, but now we got to say goodbye. We hate to see you go, uh, but you gotta go. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Brandon, who is your drop? I'm dropping Owen Miller. You know, he started off on fire in April. Um, completely cooled off in the month of May. I'll give you his numbers right now. He batted 211, had a 253 OBP, and a 322 slugging. Um, that's good for a 64 WRC plus, well below league average. Um, only a 111 ISO, two home runs. He had, a, you know, still kept a decent K percentage, 22%. That's not bad at all. Um but yeah, he just wasn't hitting the ball. He hasn't hit the ball really at all. He's still owned in around 65 to 70% of ESPN leagues. I think it should probably be lower than that at this point. His hard hit percentage over that time as well through the month of May was 29%, a 4.2% barrel rate. That's all. That's terrible. Um, yeah, he's just in deeper leagues. Maybe you, you hold on to him still, but I don't know. I, I'd be looking to replace him at this point. I think you probably find somebody with a higher ceiling than him. That you could stash on your bench. Owen Miller, say goodbye. Tyler, anything about Owen Miller? Uh, it just seems like the Guardians lineup in general has cooled off a little bit, right? Am I missing something or no, is that like factual? It seems like it. 
Yeah. 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 So no, with the exception right. of the best hitter in the American League, right. Jose Ramirez, he's yeah. fine. But the rest oh, of the lineup around him hasn't really uh, been doing too much. Oh, Jose Ramirez, the, the guy champion. that Nick was trying to slide by us in the first week of champions like he wasn't picking the best hitter in baseball? <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, he Owen Miller might be a guy. First who champion a, in the Grand Slam pass. <laughs> yeah, had a had a hot streak, and then it seems like he's cooling off. So I'm with you. Anything about Owen Miller that you just want to add, Nick? Or should I say, drop? <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, Brandon will edit that. We'll give him the mark. No, yeah, we'll cut that out. No, we'll he cut actually that out. We'll cut that the pass. <laughs> We'll finish that in a minute. Um, no, no, I mean, not really. He's just, I don't think Owen Miller, I don't think I really believed in what he was doing, like that he was going to at least keep it up all year, even though it was nice to see. But um, I think uh, Cleveland is kind of starting to shuffle guys around, getting different names in the lineup every day now. So it's another strike against him. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind dropping him for. I wish I had a name to, um, kind of like who would you drop him for? I guess. But um, Nico Horner. Plenty of names. <laughs> yeah, the guy I, you I would said drop him five minutes Horner. ago. Yeah, of course. That's definitely. A, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to bring him up again. I get. I get my. Uh, Josh Rojas, you definitely got to add him for Josh. Drop him for Josh Rojas. Yeah, I, would, I, would absolutely drop, I would drop add a Josh Rojas or Nico Horner. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing I really can add on Mo- Owen Miller, he's got a negative regression rate. Uh, so it's kind of, you're seeing a little of that now he's in the 12th percentile in that metric. So not good. Get out now. There's really not much juice left to squeeze from that fruit. Tyler, who's your job? Who are you saying goodbye to? All right. Time for my goodbye. Did you guys just hear that noise? That was the sound of my microwave going off and it's time for me to eat some crow tonight. Uh, <laughs> because you microwave you your crow, Tyler? You microwave your crow. What is it, a hundred dollars in the air fryer? I usually Wednesday night, Wednesday night, heating up some crow from a couple weeks ago when we all ate our crow. And I'm having some some leftovers. Uh, <laughs> I was high on this guy coming into the season. I thought last year he had a career year. He looked really good. Talking about saying goodbye to Robbie Grossman, Detroit Tigers. Currently, he's on the injured list right now with a a neck injury it's like he tweaked his neck or something i'm not exactly sure but yeah last year he had he was great on 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 base percentage leagues guy was always getting on base he had some power last year too his power numbers were up i think he was like a 20 2020 guy he was stealing bases this year he's been awful he uh he's been continuing to bat lead off for the tigers but he's got a 199 batting average a 30 percent strikeout rate and just overall, looking at the Tigers, I had more high hopes for them this season. I told mm-hmm. you guys I loved that team to start the year. They're 19 and 30 right now. The injury bug has caught up to them. Uh, and Austin Meadows should be back by the end of the week, not to mention Riley Green. We'll be making his MLB debut sooner rather than later. I think he just started a rehab stint as well. Mm-hmm. So even by the time Robbie Grossman comes off the IR, I think his playing days, batting leadoff and playing every day are, are over with the Tigers. I could see him potentially getting traded or possibly even DFA'd because the yes. Tigers are are young. They're going to – I mean, they're looking at the future. I don't think they have a point of playing Robbie Grossman anymore this year with that record and the guys coming back for them right now, like Riley Green. So – and even if Robbie Grossman joins – 
a contending team. I think he's nothing more than a fourth outfielder for them. So I'm right. okay with just dropping Robbie Grossman. Yeah, Tyler, that's a great point that you bring on Grossman because if he wasn't hurt and he wasn't having kind of a down 2022, the trade would be more likely. Now at DFA, what faith is a team really going to put in a guy that they sign off the scrap heap who has injury concerns? You know, you talk about his neck in a down season. So you kind of lost all hope for Robbie Grossman. I, I kind of agree. If you can look, if you can cut bait, cut bait. Nick, anything about Robbie Grossman other than the fact he's having a gross 2022? Uh, I mean, all of the all the hitters in Detroit are kind of having a gross 2022. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, this other outfielders, a lot of teams, I've noticed a lot of teams are kind of quietly calling up other prospects too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of outfielders that are getting called up. You know, Oscar uh, Gonzalez in Cleveland. Uh, Michael Harris in Atlanta. Uh, I think Gross was the guy I would kind of cut ties with to take a shot on maybe one of those prospects coming up. So, and you know who else is outfield eligible? Josh Rojas. <laughs> He's everywhere eligible. Okay. <laughs> is Josh Rojas is all is all he is, yeah. he is fantasy He's, baseball. Rojas he, is fantasy <laughs> baseball. <laughs> Rojas. <laughs> Brandon, anything you want to talk about? About anything to add about Robbie Grossman before we move on to Nick's drop? No, I'd I'd never draft a player like Robbie Grossman, so I never really <laughs> put much thought into him. To be honest with you, Jeez Louise, the guy had a great twenty twenty one. He had a great twenty twenty. I've never, yeah, I've never had did. Robbie Grossman, and like I've him. never seen him have a great year before that. So I wasn't. <laughs> and like a lot of his oh, hype was off Atlanta. the fact that he stole bases, though, right? Like I, yeah, I, I thought I thought that combined. I'm not, I'm with, not looking at a dude like that. I'm, that combined with his on base percentage and his and his home run total too wasn't too bad. I, I don't know. I thought and I thought the the lineup got better with Baez and Meadows hitting behind him. But as you mentioned, well, I, that team. You know, you is know my Erod prediction this year. I, I thought the Tigers <laughs> were going to be nasty just as well as you did. So oh, yeah. their pitching staff has has been. Therese Scoobles the only one standing right now. Yeah, yeah. Scooble, right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's certainly yeah. rough. There's some rough goings in Detroit right and now. And school's pitching well tonight, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, our guys so far tonight have been pretty spot on because there hasn't really been much uh, disagreements here. But um, let's keep the train going. Nick, who are you saying goodbye to? Au revoir. I'm saying goodbye to Stephen Kwan. Uh, just like Owen Miller, he kind of – Fell off real not quick, but over the past um, few weeks, he hasn't been doing much. Um, I know he was hurt for a little bit. He was sitting out a few games, but like I said, uh, Cleveland's kind of starting to shuffle guys in and out. He's not getting the consistent playing time as he was early on, and he kind of hasn't really been. I mean, Tyler can talk about him a little more. See how he feels. Points league, I think he, you can make a case to hold on to him, but categories, I think his uh, batting average, which isn't even that great right now, but you know the fact that he doesn't strike out and uh, he does walk helps, but it's not really coming with much else. So I don't know. I just I feel like it might be time to move on. So I I would be trying to look for a replacement for if he was on my team. Well, speaking of him being on someone's team, Tyler, how do you feel about Stephen Kwan? I know you're not dropping him. We're in a deep league. We talked about this top of the yeah. show. But as someone who rosters him, are you getting more and more frustrated? Would you drop him if we were a 10-team league? How do you feel? Um, 
I'm not really that frustrated. Like I totally agree with what Nick just said though. If I was in a, in a categories league, like a 12 team categories league, I can totally see why you, you would drop him. Like, is that it? Yes, you mentioned his average hasn't been that good over the month of May. His, he doesn't really steal any bases for you that much, only a couple. Um, but in a points league, um, I think he still makes for an okay fourth or fifth outfielder on your team just because he's 99th percentile in, uh, in strikeouts and 100th percentile in whiff rate. So he still has those elite uh, bat-to-ball skills that in a points league uh, will help you out without too many negative games. And, you know, it is frustrating. He was hitting in the two-hole all season, but since then, like Nick mentioned, he's been bouncing around. Sometimes he'll hit eight. Today he's lead, he's lead off. Other times he'll sit. But I'm still keeping uh, Stephen Corn in a points league. I'm I'm with you, Tyler. I don't think I'm ready to cut bait just yet. Because, uh, you know, you didn't really add him on the premise that he was going to steal 20 bags. His high was in single A, and it was only 11. So he is still on pace for double-digit stolen bags. His 259 BABIB is about 40 to 50 points lower than projection systems had him, which means there could be a little bit of a spur, a little hot streak. And I, with, with a guy who has a a... a walk by K rate of 1.5. Like he could truly have a dynamite week. If he steals two or three bags in a week, all of a sudden, boom, he's right back there. Uh, His regression rate has stabilized. It was in the far negatives and is now actually positive. So we might be witnessing kind of his, his, his really rough stretch. And maybe we start seeing some more good things come out of him. He's still got a WRC plus above hundred. So he's a little bit above average. So yeah, I mean, in, in 10, 12 teamers, I'm definitely going to look to scour the waiver wire, but in five outfielder leagues or deeper formats, I'm holding on. I think I I still have a little bit of faith in Stephen Kwan. Brandon, anything you want to do with Mr. Kwan? Um, I'd probably lean a little bit more with Nick. The only thing about him is that I think because of how hot he was to start the season, if you drop him, I think he'll be picked up immediately. So you probably have some truthers out there for sure. You might have a little, like you might be able to deal him if you were looking that route to get him off your squad. You could probably trade him maybe, but yeah, Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be against dropping him personally. I don't, I don't think he's like a world beater in, I don't think he's what he was to start the season. I think he's obviously going to be a good OBP guy. He's going to get on base a lot. But like Tyler, he doesn't steal or anything. So, Is he a player that you typically draft, Brandon? Are you going to just give him the dirt treatment that you just gave Robbie Grossman? Well, Stephen Kwan, he's a young player coming into the league. He's got stuff to learn. He's got adjustments to make. (laughs) Robbie Grossman, he just had a season. You know, He put together a great year and, and did his thing. And People overdrafted him because I don't, him, so. and I don't mean to pick on the man, Same, but I mean, you know, it's, Sal it, Perez. I've talked about Sal Perez <laughs> six times on this podcast this season. <laughs> Robbie Grossman is Sal Perez, and Sal Perez is Robbie Grossman. <laughs> yeah. Already here first. <laughs> so yep. my drop um, is he's a lefty from the Philadelphia Phillies, Ranger Suarez. He's about sixty percent rostered, uh, and this is mainly a drop in roto leagues and in ten team points leagues. Uh, mostly because he does stay in the green for the most part. So in your deeper formats, you'll take that. Tyler mentioned at the beginning of the show, streaming is becoming more and more difficult. But in those Roto Leagues, in those 10-team points leagues, go ahead and bid farewell to Mr. Suarez. He's 4-3 and three with a six point, a 4.69 nice ERA, a 1.56 whip, and a 7.88 K per nine. It's kind of weird he's not getting hit all that hard. 
and his 324 BABIP against does call for positive regression, but his contact percentage is up 7%. His swinging strike rate is down 3%. And his outside contact percentage is even up about 8% from last year. And that basically just indicates that he's a lot easier to hit than he was last year. His changeup and four-seamer are not even close to as effective as it was last year in 2021. And to put a little bit of icing on the old drop cake, 4.38 Sierra, 4.18 XFib, and a 9.3 K minus walk rate. Not good. Not going to cut it. He's not really bringing you anything in Roto Leagues. And like I said, 10 team points leagues, you can find someone who can. He's absolute replacement level at this point. So I'm ready to drop Mr. Ranger Suarez. Nick, anything about Ranger Suarez that catches your eye other than the fact that he's been so mid this year? I mean, other than, I mean, it doesn't give up a lot of hard contact, but uh, all his other, like, um, on the stack has page, it's all blue. I mean, he hasn't done much in in a in a uh, fantasy baseball world where a lot of mid pitchers have been performing, and there's been a lot of uh, over performers in the first couple months. He hasn't really done much, so it's very disappointing. I I think I would have kind of moved on from because he doesn't necessarily have the track record either, right? And uh, I I think I would have moved on from a while ago. I would have could I don't know when I don't really have much of them anywhere or did at any point so uh, I don't know I can't really say to when I would have moved on from him but I, I'm guessing would have been earlier. He did have a two game stretch where he was show. pretty good. Uh, I was hoping he turned it around, but it seems like he's come back down to earth. Before I kick it to our resident pitching guy, Brandon, anything about Suarez that sticks out to you? No, I I kind of I'm on the same page as you guys. Let him go. Just let him go. Tyler, anything about Suarez that, you know, you might find a reason to keep him on your roster or are you just cutting bait? No, what, what pops out to me is he's only 27th percentile in walk rate and only 33 percentile in K rate. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be walking that many guys and only strike and only in the 33rd percentile and strikeouts, then I, I have no use for you. I hate, hate, <clears throat> hate. Did I say oh, hate do you guys? Hate, do you hate, hate this? Do you hate, hate something? Pitchers who just walk walk the walk guys all the time. It's frustrating to watch. They always give up runs when they're walking guys. And yeah, guys with control issues, like it looks like Ranger Suarez has right now. I am willing to cut bait with. Yeah, and he, I mean his changeup was so dirty last year, and it's just been so bad this year. And to your point, Tyler, I mean, you look at his player card over his last three games pitched, three innings, four and a third, four and a third. Dude doesn't get deep into games because he throws a ton of pitchers walking guys. And it's just, you just got no use for a guy like that. That's going to wrap up the hello, goodbye section. So make sure you listen and plan accordingly. Some guys to add, some guys to drop. And I know you people listening are excited for this week's champion. Apparently, when we all razz Nick about inserting tiebreakers, he may be having the last laugh because all we do is tie in my champion. And for those who are listening for the very first time, the my champion segment, we all pick a player based on a certain set of rules set by the weeks, pre the previous week's champion. And we let our guys battle it out in an ultimate fantasy baseball duel. Last week we went streamers and went with pitchers 
rostered under 40%. Two guys came out victorious with 16 fantasy points, and that was Mr. Brady Singer and Mr. Nick Pavetta. First of all, I just have to if, – if people could see me now, I would stand and applaud because my man Tyler pulled off a bull – dog move traded for his champion and golden pony baby <laughs> absolutely nice. love that was it a good move i love it i love the dog in it go get him and yeah you guys won in this week the rules that you set you had a little melding of the minds a little champion on champion conversation and the rule was a hitter 30 years or older that's hmm. it Hitting the old, uh, mm-hmm. in the old folks home here this week. I love it. Sending in the old vets, the old Jamie Lannisters. <laughs> no, Jamie Lannisters going bits. into the ring this week. The old, yeah. We need the oldies. We need the oldies, but goodies. And we're gonna go most the the most fantasy points uh, piled up Monday. Up, oh, sorry, Sunday, uh, Friday through Sunday. So let's go ahead and kick it to the champions of last week. First, Tyler, who are you sending into fantasy baseball battle? All right, the guy I'm sending into battle this week actually just turned 30 about a month or two ago. It's so almost I, like you looked that up before you guys made the rules. <laughs> so I have a very young 30, uh, over 30-year-old 30 player. I'm going with Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. He'll be playing at home against those putrid Detroit Tigers that we were just talking about earlier. Bastion. Brandon, you mentioned Tariq Skubal's pitching well tonight. Well, Fortunately for Mr. Aaron Judge, he won't have to see Tariq Skubal. And instead, this weekend, he's probably going to see Bo Brisk. Who? <laughs> Bo Brisky? Is that his name? Bo- <laughs> Sounds like, come on down to Bo Brisky's Toyota. <laughs> to Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky. That's every time I hear that name, I think of Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky. Bill Brasky. Yeah, he's going to be facing good old Bill Brasky, and then he's going to be facing two other AAA pitches. Uh, if they even have any pitches left in their organization, because everyone's on the IR. I don't think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be back yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be him. Uh, Joey Wentz just went on the IR. Who Carson's knows? Carson's brother. He, he's going to be facing. Yeah. It, it's it's going <laughs> to get ugly in the Bronx this weekend. So I'm throwing out Aaron Judge is my champion. Ooh, that was a good one. That was definitely a good one. Nick? Who you said in the battle? I have a feeling he's a favorite of yours. Aren't they all favorites? Don't I have like a thousand favorites? Well, no, this on. one is my Josh ultimate favorite. Josh Rojas and Nico Horner are both under the age of 30. <laughs> so you can't use those two. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to actually take one second. I'm going to take a three second pause. One, uh-huh. three. And I guarantee you 75% of our listeners know exactly who you're picking based on your previous love for this man. Uh, yeah, probably. I'd say like ninety five percent better than <laughs> the eighty percent Ross that Eric Lauer should be. But uh, yeah. Um, oh, he he is. <laughs> I'm going with Freddie Freeman, man. So freeway. um, freeway. It, even though he's a Dodger now, I love him. Still love him. <clears throat> uh, his stack has page is all red. He hasn't really been hitting any homers, but. I got to say, he, he's been getting a lot of multi-hit games. He's had some monster games recently. And um, quite frankly, he's just hitting a lot of doubles. I I, I would I, – I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm guessing he's top tier with doubles on the year across the league compared to most. I don't know if anybody can look that up real quick. I got Either you. way, it doesn't matter. 
Um, he is playing the Mets, so I know I think he's going up against Bassett on Saturday, a Peterson on Friday, so that's not too worrisome. And I don't think they have a Sunday star picked yet, but uh, I think a, a good old fashioned uh, National League showdown for some of the two of the top teams in the league. Uh, I think he, I think he's gonna have a big weekend this this week, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't go into battle with any other man above thirty. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Freddie Freeway is an absolute stud, and uh, you are absolutely right. He's third right now in, in doubles in the league, and he's uh, behind number two by one. So he has a big weekend. He could be sitting right there at the top of doubles, and Freddie Freeman's that type of guy. You know, he can get a lot of he can get a lot of things going, do a lot of things. So, you know, uh, uh, maybe. Uh, joking about your choice because we all know you love him, but it's a great choice. Brandon, I think you went with the oldest guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 38. He's pushing 40. So, yeah, Joey Votto <laughs> just came back off the uh, COVID IL and, and my boy's on fire. He's got a 725 slugging percentage in that time. Um, He's got eight of his nine extra base hits since he's come back off the IL. Two home runs, five doubles, and a triple for the old man. Um, playing at home this week, one of the best parks to hit it this weekend over the three-day stretch that we're, we're doing this. He's playing in Cincinnati, one of the best ballparks to hit in, and he's got the Washington Nationals. So he's facing uh, Josiah Gray, who does strike out quite a few players, but gives up a ton of hard contact. He's given up a lot of home runs this year. Then he faces off against Eric Fetty, who, in my opinion, is uh, one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball. <laughs> Routinely uh, gives up crooked numbers. The, the one the one issue we could have with Joey Votto is he's got Corbin on Sunday, who is another guy who gives up a ton of hard contact. And it just uh, earlier this week gave up a bunch of runs to the New York Mets. But um, he could sit that game, which would be a problem for me. But I'm hoping Votto stays in the lineup against Corbin as well. He's a bad lefty, so I don't think Votto should have an issue with him. But, yeah, Joey Votto's my pick. It, man, we talk, we little bit behind the scenes here. Me and Brandon talk basically every day about baseball. You added a nice tidbit about uh, what got him going. Oh, it's the bat. The his bat. bat knob. He changed his bat knob in spring training, and he started off the season terrible. And yep. then when he was hurt, he decided to go back to his old bat knob. And sometimes sudden, you sometimes you got to have the right knob. And right? That, that was that was from uh, the Rates and Barrels podcast, by the way. That wasn't. Yeah, shout out Rachel Ray, mm-hmm. Bells. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to lie, if there was anyone else in the league who had this happen, I might laugh it off. But a, a weirdo like Joey Votto, that absolutely matters. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. So and he is a weird, he's, a, he's a weirdo. Yeah, for sure. If you he's like a baseball weirdo. Change knob. He is. He is. And that's something that, I mean, he's been way better since he went back to the old knob. So, Joey Votto, let's see if he can go ahead and get your champion. My champion is Jose Altuve from the Houston Astros. He's 32 years, 26 days old. He will be playing the Kansas City Royals this weekend. Over his last 10 games, two home runs, eight runs plus RBIs, and a 7.5K rate. I went to the – I was searching, and I wanted somebody who stays away from negative numbers and can hit for average so that I'm not just relying on the long ball. 86th percentile XBA, 82nd percentile NK percentage. He's also got an 83.3 contact rate on the season, which is 80th percentile. He bats at the top of a very good offense. And his opponent this weekend, the Kansas City Royals, 510 team ERA, which is third highest, 
4.58 Sierra, which is the highest on the year. They also have the, the lowest K rate in baseball at 17.7 and the third highest walk rate. So, boys, give me them cheap-ass points, baby. I'm trying to get it anywhere I can. He does go against Brady Singer, Nick's champion from last week, who I, I think is a good pitcher. But other than that, he's going to be facing Bill Brasky's brother and Artie Lang brother, all those bums cousins <laughs> from the Detroit Tigers. So I have faith in Altuve. So, Mr. Altuve, put that buzzer back on because I need you. Because I summon you as my champion this weekend. So to recap, we got Aaron Judge versus Joey Votto versus Freddie Freeman versus Jose Altuve in the ultimate fatal four-way for fantasy baseball supremacy. I think I got this week, boys. I think I'll be the, the first solo winner since Nick. I don't know how you guys think. Anything you want to add about me winning? You, no? guys, okay, can't get, you guys can't get your own win to save your lives, you know? Yeah, coming from the guy who didn't get his own win last week. Rich, that's true. But I rich. do have, the, I do have the only solo win. What have you done for me lately? Even if you, if, you, if we got half points, I still have more points than you guys. Yeah, well, that all changes this week, and when I get my full solo point, baby. I'm, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have two full wins over you, you clowns. All right, all right. Yeah, as a co-champion, <laughs> as a co-champion, Matt, Maddie Kiboom, I need you to ask me the next question: Did I cash in this week? Baby, this is what everyone listening has been waiting for our money in the bank segment. This is our bold prediction segment where we go head to head with our predictions. So why don't we get you started, Tyler? Did you cash last week, baby? Yes, I did. It was was, uh, Perez Day last Thursday. So my money in the bank prediction was that Martin Perez would throw at least seven innings, give up two or less earned runs at the Oakland Athletics on Thursday. Mr. Martin Perez went seven innings and only one earned run. So I cashed in, and I was so excited and so happy to cash in that I went right on Twitter the next morning, and I posted a GIF of Nomar Mazar. (laughs) (laughs) So no next time I do that, yeah. Next time I gotta check, I gotta check my uh, gifts when I'm actually searching and and realize that just because I search the person's name, it might not actually be the person who pops up. Yeah. So how did everyone else do? Anyone else cash in? Uh, well, th- this is what I was gonna ask. I was like, yeah. I was gonna Tyler, you should go get tested for COVID because clearly you were a close contact with Nick last week. You both cashed and you both co-championed. Mm-hmm. You, in cahoots? Mm-hmm. you guys in cahoots against me and Brandon? Maybe. Nick, Maybe. tell the people so, how you hey, cash, baby. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. So That was very grim, but go ahead and tell the people listening how you cash. <laughs> uh, so I said that the uh, Cardinals rookies, Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan, and Nolan Gorman, we're going to get 10 hits from Wednesday to Monday. And um, Brendan Donovan and Juan Yepes got me two of those hits. Yeah. Nolan. And Nolan Gorman got me the other eight and change. So, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So I cashed my check. Finally, first one of the year. 
go karts. Um, <laughs> no, are we about? Yeah, did we witness I'm pretty the changing of the guard. You are you going to dial back your money in the bags? I thought that was your most realistic, your most your your most gettable win. Uh, really, I thought I was I, I was kind of worried. I didn't know what number to settle on as I was I was trying to choose. That was a good number. That was a good number to cash. That was very smart. Yeah, good move so. on your part. Well, me and Brandon did not uh, yeah. cash. So uh, uh, real quick, I'll just say it. And Aaron Nola and uh, Kyle Wright, they combined for only 15 Ks. Uh, I predict 17. Nolan, Nola did his part. He had 10. Wright did not hold up his end of the bargain. Only had five. Brandon, tell the people how you did not cash. How we're a bunch of broke babies over here. Well, I didn't even have a, a shot. So I picked a lame horse. Aaron Savali. <laughs> That's right. Me, t- a t- buttocks injury. About, about his buttocks injury. But um, I actually saw the other day that he needed blood treatment. So I don't know what that means or what that's for, but that doesn't sound like anything good. It doesn't sound like a muscle injury. I d- so I'm not sure what's going on with him. So, but yeah, yeah. I feel. Well, I, get, uh, get well soon. That's about, crazy. Yeah, I hope him the best. I was going to make a butt hurt joke, but I'm going to hold it back. But yeah, so I didn't even go. My, my, <laughs> I just had a terrible pick. Terrible pick. Well, that was last week. Let's get to this week's. Nick, why don't you go ahead and tell? Actually, what we save you for last? I forgot. I, I, this is my first time hosting, so apologize, Brandon. Go ahead and get us started. Our money in the bank. Yeah, so I decided my my pick last week was going to be Aaron Savali would go for his back to a back to back twenty uh, point performance in point points leagues, and I'm going to kind of do a similar thing this week, and that's with George Kirby coming off a great start against Baltimore Orioles. Um, he scored over 20, 20 points. He has 24 fantasy points and it's going against the Texas Rangers this weekend. I think he can do the same thing. So my money in the bank is going to be George Kirby, a 20 or more point game against the Texas Rangers. And you can take that to the bank. Ooh, okay. Okay, Mr. Kirby. So the only time that I cashed so far was when I went the analytics route. So I'm going to go ahead and do it again. And speaking of running it back, I'm going back to the Astros lineup for my money in the bank. Jordan Alvarez sets his 2022 max exit velo during the Houston series against Kansas City. As it stands now, that will have to be a ball hit 115 miles an hour. That would also set the max EV for Kansas City. Right now, you're on Alvarez in the 99th percentile for regression rate, which means he's due for a hot streak. In 2019, his max EV was 117.9. And in 2021, his max EV was 116.4 miles per hour, which means he's more than capable of setting that mark. 99th percentile for average EV, 95th percentile for max EV, and 100th percentile for hard hit percentage. Speaking of that Kansas City Royals, team that I kind of bashed a few minutes ago. I'm going to go ahead and bash them again. They give up the third most hard hit balls. They've given up actually the fourth most barrels so far in this season. And if Jordan Alvarez barrels the baseball, ladies and gentlemen, he breaks the sound barrier. So everyone listening, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, you can take that to the bank. Mr. Jordan Alvarez, let's go. Tyler, what's your money in the bank prediction this week? Yeah, so I was looking at the weekend series, looking around the league. <clears throat> the Chicago White Sox right now are a little banged up. Tim Anderson's on the IR. Eloy's uh, had a setback. He won't be back still for a long time. Yohan Makata's been out for a week or so. 
And the White Sox are traveling to the Tampa Bay Rays Friday. And I'm looking at Mr. Shane McClanahan. And I think he's going to have his way with that Chicago White Sox lineup. So I have Shane McClanahan at home. He's going to give up one or less earned run, four or less hits, and at least seven punch outs against the Chicago White Sox. Again, that's one or less earned run, four or less hits, and a and seven or more strikeouts, and you can take that to the bank. That lineup is terrible, and McClanahan, I hope you listened a couple weeks ago when I said give everything to buy. He's a stud, Tyler. I'm going to say you're going to cash this week, baby. I love that one. I love McClanahan against that team. Nick, you're the grand finale. You're the reason why people tune in for the Money in the Bank segment. <laughs> Bring the noise. So the uh, Braves are going to Colorado this weekend. So I'm going to say that, and I got to tell you, the Marlins today alone against the Rockies have scored 25 runs, and the game is still going on. They also played a doubleheader today. So the Marlins could do it. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves, and I say they scored 23 runs. Just because I like number twenty three over that runs. series this weekend, <laughs> so eight Matt runs Olson. a game. Mm. Yep, and Matt Olson will account for two home runs. Actually, I'll go three home runs and seven and a half of those RBIs. Wait, wait, those wait! Runs. How does he have seven and a half? Just like it's the third ish. Right. But how does he have seven and a half runs or RBI? You're saying he has over seven and a half. So he has eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he'll have, okay. yeah, over seven and a half. So yeah, that, I love it. Fire. Bring in the fire. So 23 total runs. Matt Olson has three home runs and seven RBIs. Eight RBIs. Yes. Eight RBIs. Okay. Let's go, baby. I love it. I love it. That's it. That's that's the Money in the Bank segment. We all go ahead, gave our Money in the Bank predictions. Tune in next week to find out who cashed and who didn't. Now, boys, make sure you give your plugs. Tell the people where they can find you before we say goodnight. Yeah, I'm at uh, Brando Duff, B-R-A-N-D-O Duff, D-U-F-F. So. Nick? I am at uh at the real Saint Nick, uh Saint underscore Nick on Twitter. And I am also at the real Saint Nick on Instagram. You can find Tyler on uh on Twitter at, at Birdman TS18. And you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok. I'm at Maddie Keyboom. Check out the Fantasy Baseball Market Watch every single morning. And you can check out some of my articles on spstreamer.com. And before we officially say goodnight, let's just remind our listeners that the Grand Slam Fantasy Podcast just turned one a couple weeks ago. And to celebrate, we're doing our very first giveaway. All you have to do is prove that you've subscribed to the podcast. Take a quick screenshot. Send it to the show's Twitter handle, at Pod. The winner will get a, his their pick of three fantastic cards. And these cards are pretty awesome. So you're going to want to head go ahead and get entered. And we are very excited to go ahead and give our listeners a chance to win. 
So thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Grand Slam. <laughs> Fantasy Sports Podcast, Tyler, you're the man. Have a great night.